Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about ethics in TV psychotherapy. Someone has to be thinking about the ethics here because absolutely no one involved with last night's episode of The Bachelor was. Yeah, that it has to be us. We're stepping in. It's episode seven of Clayton's quest for a wife and the last week before hometown. So obviously he had to spend his last group date using couples therapy as like a tool for comparing his different options. Plus, he had to handle some more conflict in the house, shower one lucky lady with designer outfits and Louboutins, and wear some more zip-ups under blazers. Just all the classic Bachelor things. The classic Clayton things. (laughs) And this week, to discuss it all, and potentially to defend Clayton, we are joined by the hilarious Darren Karp, host of People TV's Reality Check. Darren, thank you for joining us, even though you are a Clayton defender. Okay. It'll be it'll be good to have your perspective. Well, I love you both. Good to see you both. You both we look love great. You. I, I cannot wait to psychotherapize our relationship, our throupledom in this. Will we be going to couples therapy and will it be filmed and then broadcast to millions of people? That's the only way to do psychotherapy. I was a neuroscientist. <laughs> I know how this works. So please do not denigrate my degree. Uh, And then secondly, I just want to go on the record, Emma, because you said that I would defend Clayton. Fair. And I may, but I'm not defending, not defending the hoodie underneath the blazer. Definitely not. Okay. That is. (laughs) Thank God. It's not happening. Okay. So just. I feel like the first time he did it, I was like, okay, like it's a little different mixing it up. And then now he's. Now it's his only outfit choice. On elegant dates with women in gowns. And he's wearing a little zip up, half zip knit. Zipped right up to under his Adam's apple. (laughs) What is wrong with a button shirt? Do men not like wearing button shirts? (laughs) 
just like, I don't think feel okay, the same. don't don't say all men. They're, we're talking about one specifically. <laughs> Hashtag not all men wear yeah. half zips under blazers, Darren. I, I'm getting from Clayton's look like a very strong like buttons are too fussy and feminine vibe. Like if I cared that much about getting dressed, maybe I would do up buttons. But I'm just going to throw this hoodie on. He's like, do I look like a man who cries and wears a button up? Certainly not. Maybe his hands are too big from football that he can't button the buttons <laughs> and we're being bad people making fun of him when all he can do is zip up a hoodie. And You're if right. it rains, he's ready. So maybe we're the idiots. <laughs> maybe we're the dummies. It's fashion forward and it's multi-purpose. Just I do feel bad. I, it's easy for me to button with my tiny lady fingers. <laughs> um, I didn't consider his lived reality. Thank you. But... Let's get into it in chronological order. We start this week off kilter as usual at a very interesting moment when Sarah has just completed her second one-on-one, during which, if we recall, Clayton basically spent the whole time accusing her of hiding from him, that she's not actually interested in marrying him and making her sob. And then he does give her the rose She's now heading back to all the women at the hotel to confront them and find out who threw her under the bus. The women are all waiting for her. And this is when I first really got the sense that Sarah has other enemies in the house than Mara, who, of course, was the person who threw her under the bus. We see Gabby saying, like, is she coming home? I hope she doesn't come back. Like, kind of growling. (laughs) And a sort of animalistic rejection. I really of Sarah. enjoy the enjoy the way that Gabby uses her in the moments to just yes. like test out potential voice work. She's funny. She's funny. She's a she's very funny. I yes. She's doing character work. Yes. And Mara is saying, "Oh well, three of us haven't haven't had one on ones yet, and Sarah's gotten two. It's not fair." Which is true, but also Clayton's fault and not actually Sarah's fault. So, correct. Right. Not very impressed by this point. But yeah, you're just getting the sense that the women are over Sarah. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not yeah. there is like a logical or clear smoking gun reason, they just don't like her that much. Can I ask you two a question? Because I was like a touch lost. Like when she got the second one on one, all of a sudden, everyone started to hate her. But were there any rumblings that I missed that we didn't, that we thought she was too young no. before this? All of a sudden, she's on my TV screen kind of thing. They gave us no indication, but it seems, this episode seems to suggest that there is just context we are missing. Yeah, they're like gesturing it was at a some context offstage. Yeah. Right, that she's bragging and all this I was like, did I miss this? Did I? Miss we didn't see it, clearly. Okay. I don't want to make excuses for the show for how they had to spend the time on Shanae or whatever. This is sloppy. Like, they're now gesturing at stuff that happened off camera that they could have shown us. They could have built up context for. Oh, I don't for. think they had to show Shanae. I think they chose actively <laughs> to spend five episodes on Shanae. And then we're like, oh, here's a bunch of conflict. Uh, Mara, Sarah, yeah, they all go home, whatever. We don't need to explain ourselves. And it's very annoying. So at this point, Sarah is on her way back and is ready to to confront ultimately Mara. So she sweeps back in. She's holding her rose. 
sort of smiling in triumph, and she says, something was brought to Clayton in an effort to tear our relationship down, but that only actually made our relationship stronger. And, you know, it's no one's place to tell Clayton what I'm ready for. So who brought that to him? And there is <laughs> silence. Mara's doing a lot of eye rolling yes. and stuff, but she doesn't cop to it right away. Sarah goes on that, like, oh, I was told that because of my age, someone assumed I wasn't ready for anything serious. And it really seems like getting a second one-on-one put a target on my back. But, like, this is my real life. This is a real relationship. I don't appreciate that. And this is when Mara finally takes a break from her epic eye rolling (laughs) to be like, yes, it was me. I talked to Clayton (laughs) about this. And I just think it's wild that one person got two one-on-ones And she says, I've been here since day one, ready for an engagement, and I don't know what you're here for, Sarah. Which, like, what? Also, it doesn't, to me, when she was like, I've been ready for an engagement, I was like, on day one, before we even do claim, (laughs) are you ready to get married? I was like, I don't know if that's a better better thing than being 23. No, it's, I know. It made me sad. I was like, Mara, I want more for you than just showing (laughs) up and being like, this man that a TV show selected for me. I guess he's my husband now because what I'm looking for is an engagement. Yes. Yeah. No, this this speech is, again, baffling because, yes, it is, I guess, wild that one person got two one-on-ones when not everyone's had one yet. But that is something that happens most seasons. It's not actually unusual. And it is never... It is never the contestant's decision. No. It is Clayton's decision. So why... Why does that explain that Mara needed to assassinate Sarah's character to Clayton? It doesn't. It doesn't prove that anything is wrong with Sarah. It only proves that Mara is jealous. Correct. Which Mara takes great offense to as an explanation for her behavior. But nothing that she says about Sarah indicates that there's anything deeper than that. Than just like, oh, I'm jealous that Sarah's getting more attention and she's younger than me. So, you know, Mara makes this little speech and Sarah says, well... I always have Clayton's best interest in mind, so don't you don't need to worry about that. But Clayton really identified this as the last-ditch effort of someone who knows they're going home. So however you thought this was going to be received, it's not being received that way. And Mara gives the most painful, grimacing smile <laughs> and is like, that's great. I mean, that is a rough statement. It feels uncomfortable. You guys repeating it back to me. (laughs) It's so uncomfortable. And I think that this framing speaks to why the other women are annoyed with Sarah. Because she's like, I spoke to the teacher and everyone agrees that you're annoying. Like, she's like that or like that friend that's like you you get in a conflict with in middle school. And she's like, everyone was talking about in the whole friend group how horrible you are, and I'm just the one to say it. Right. And, like, that's not a particularly compelling person to be around. That's a a nice thing to say about it. Compelling is a nice way to put it, Emma. I mean, (laughs) like, Sarah showed her immaturity, but so did Mara in this exact point. Like, the age thing almost had nothing to do with it. They're 10 years apart, and I'm like, you guys are both acting like children to me. Like... I agree. Yeah. At at this point, I'm honestly still on Sarah's side because she didn't start this. Like, Mara really sabotaged her her entire date with Clayton. She can't explain convincingly why 
she had any basis for doing that other than like, I'm jealous that you got a one-on-one twice before I got one at all, which why should Sarah feel like that's her fault? No, so none of this Sarah's is Sarah's just basically, fault. Sarah's throwing an elbow. She's like, back off. Like, I'm not going to be cowed by you talking shit about me to Clayton. Like, I'm in control of the situation. Step off. And to me, that's like, it's not a good look to the other women in this moment, but... I kind of understand what she's doing, and I don't really fault her for wanting to to show her teeth a little bit. Yeah, and aren't you, like, encouraged to kind of talk about the date when you come back? So wouldn't you be like, yes. we had a great connection. Like, what are you going to say? Like, it was horrible, but I got a rose, like, still here. Like, <laughs> you're encouraged to, like, kind of be performative about how the date was. So I even, like, turned to my girlfriend at this point. I was like, well, Sarah's supposed to explain how good they're... Of course you're supposed to think that your connection is good with him. Like, if your connection wasn't good with him, you wouldn't feel confident in being with him. So, like, they get blamed for kind of having a really good, confident connection with him and then shit on because they're too confident about their connection with him. It's very confusing. I don't know what we can brag about. This is the point in the show where production is just trying to poke at any tiny annoyance that the women have with each other and turn it into some sort of moral crime. Yeah. And so Sarah finally leaves, having landed the the kill shot at the end with Mara. (laughs) And in her, in the moment, she's really just gloating that Mara was trying to protect Clayton, but the only thing she protected Clayton from is herself. (laughs) She says... She spun herself a web, and the only thing she's getting out of is Croatia, in a middle seat, with some cheap wine. (laughs) And look, she's not necessarily wrong, although I do hope Mara was at least afforded a window or aisle. No, they actually, that's how they, you know, if you don't, if you don't perform well enough on the show, that's how they book you in a middle seat. They book you in a middle seat. On a long haul flight. (laughs) Meanwhile, Mara is telling the other women, All I did was speak my truth, and it wasn't negative towards anybody there, which is false. And I'm sorry you all have to deal with it because it's bullshit. And I'm like, I like, okay, clearly Mara is closer with the other women than Sarah, but she did say something very negative, not just about Sarah, but about undefined other people there. She very clearly indicated there was more than one person that she was talking about. So one of these other women fell under that scrutiny. And also, if you create a bunch of drama between the lead and one of his front runners, it's going to have a cascading effect on the other women's time and, and energy. So don't act like you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. Like, this was the most obvious outcome of all of this, was that there would be some drama that would take up the other women's time and attention. And she doesn't want to own that that was her decision. But now it's time for the cocktail party. As they all sit, Sarah tells everyone that she just feels so grateful for them because she had to have a tough conversation and she really appreciated everyone's support. The other women are just like (laughs) gripping the sides of their seats and they're like, oh no, this is continuing, isn't it? I like we hoped maybe Sarah would wake up and have forgotten that all this happened, but that doesn't seem to be the case. They're like, we we've been here long enough. We know how this works. Ultimately, Clayton enters, does not apologize this time. So he's really gaining yeah. confidence. Good for him. 
Uh, and thanks everyone for letting him grow with them. And then he grabs Serene first because he has a surprise for her. <laughs> oh my God, this moment. I, okay. I didn't know what to expect, but if I had predicted this scenario, it would have been as a joke. Be like, oh, what if he did this? <laughs> but like, oh, this is what he actually does. Yeah. <laughs> I knew. As, I was like, oh no. As soon as he says, Serene, <laughs> we talked about her cousin. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, no. no. Not no, twinkle Clayton. lights and admission jar. Don't do Not this. fireflies, Clayton. Don't Not do this. fireflies. <laughs> He's like, I want her to know that what she says to me matters and that I really took that in. So I prepared something really special for her. And I think we have a clip of him presenting this gift to Serene. I know how much and how hard it was to open up regarding like, your cousin and about time that you spent and the time you cherished um every moment that you had with her it was so important and so i wanted to bring these jars here they are our fireflies here in croatia and it's really just an honor to her that she's here with us as we go on this journey and build these memories I am so baffled by this entire thing. He just Clayton has a hard Clayton has a hard time speaking in specifics. So I think when he retains a specific nugget, he's like I got to show her that my comprehension really stuck with me. Like I <laughs> I recalled the detail and I still have it in my head. Look, here is an art project. To represent oh the fact that I listened to you tell one story. And I remembered it. I was going to say, this was the, uh, first off, I think Serena is my favorite. So I'm just going off and I think she's the prettiest and I think she deserves the best. So that's, I'm just, I have my bias women. But <laughs> I, this is the only real story that she told outside of like her name and where she grew up, right? Like, or at least this is the only story we knew as the audience. Like, I don't really know much about her outside of this fact, which was a very sweet story. I'm not knocking her for being vulnerable. I'm just saying like, when he retained that fact, it was literally like, hey, my name's Darren. And he's like, because you told me my name is, your name is Darren, <laughs> I wanted to give you a D because it starts with a D. Like, yeah, that's exactly. the equivalent. That right? is okay. the equivalent. Okay, cool. It, like, except, it, no. that's the equivalent except for, like, your greatest trauma. You're yeah. Right. He's truly Which just. could be my he, name. <laughs> could be my name. The one thing we can't capture in the audio, although I think you can sort of hear it, is how much he is beaming with pride <laughs> as he presents these mason jars with twinkle lights in them to her just anticipating the the head pat he's gonna get for this the a he's like we were assigned to do a diorama project in my sixth grade class and i really think that i by using cotton wool for clouds i just like really brought this to the next level she's gonna be so impressed <gasps> and like it's just so icky because it, it this is this extremely painful and personal thing and he's very excited to get praise for the really cool project he did about it which is such an inappropriate position to put her in because then she has to meet his level of excitement over this and be like wow you did so great i love what you did with the cotton wool for the clouds well, serene <laughs> really is a teacher so she knows how to praise 
shitty artwork. <laughs> yeah. It's true. She literally sounds so much like a teacher in this moment. She's like, wow, what you've done here is so special. Nobody's ever done anything like that for me. It shows you're listening to me. I love how intentional you are, which most of that does sound like something you would write in your comments on someone's project. You're like, this was very thoughtfully done. It really shows you are paying attention in class. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true, though. And like, does she, I don't know, where do you meet women that have these lowest standards? Can you, ask you for a friend. I just want to know, like, if I have to create, like, a diorama for a girl and she thinks that I'm the best person ever, maybe that's the person I should be dating. Look, straight women have been beaten down in this world, Darren. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, and really what all of the guys that we oh. date just need is some producers to be like, you didn't handle that conversation with Serene about her family death and her grief very well. Uh, So what if you made a grand gesture and just spitballing here, what if you put some twinkle lights in a mason jar for her? And then you were like, these are like fireflies. And Clayton's like, oh yeah, cool. I'd love to do that. See, all guys that what straight women are dating essentially just need to be produced by bachelor producers to take their game to like that next level. (laughs) And have someone buy the mason for that? jars no. and put twinkle lights in them. I mean, because I don't think Clayton was sitting there being like, you know, no, he didn't actually do any of it. Mason jar, yeah, I think no, some yeah. PA really had an afternoon. Absolutely, Serene's response is like so indicative of how how this locked box experiment traps w- these women into thinking that this is the only man in the world. Because she's just overcome and she's like, yes, I think I'm falling in love with Clayton now. It's the twinkle lights that push me over the edge. It's true. I mean, there's some watching it, I think, because we're so aware that it's a TV show and that he is basically mining this very personal trauma and turning it into like a little moment for him to shine and present something cool that he did and show what a good guy he is. It feels so gross to watch. But I'm sure in the moment for her, she's just like, oh, like he really, he went out of his way to put something together to show that he cares about me. And I haven't met another guy in at least two months because I've been here. So like, cool. Yeah, that's really great that he did that. Yeah. And for anyone who who might have forgotten, what he is referring to here is the fact that Serene's cousin, who she grew up with, passed away recently and um something that they enjoyed doing together was playing as children with fireflies fireflies are are otherworldly and they make beautiful uh memories uh so are twinkle lights um they're the same they're the the same same thing. thing uh so after this clayton gets some time with Susie and is just like thank you so much for saying that you were falling in love with me last week that was really great and i loved it (laughs) I you. I loved it. Was absolutely deceased when he's like, you have to be able to fall in love before you can be in love. <laughs> yes. He's like, see, I learned. First, you have to acknowledge that the falling can occur. And then once you have fallen into the pit of love, then you're in. <laughs> then you're in. I, I you're get in. it. I get the trajectory. Yeah. This It's like he's writing, again, like a very rudimentary English paper on the lexicon of The Bachelor. He's like, 
falling in love is very important because to fall comes before to be in. And so <laughs> to be in, you must first fall. He's writing his little dissertation on, on bachelor lore. Drink it in order to quench your thirst. That's how <laughs> things work. In order to sate your appetite, you have to eat first. I'm giving you guys all the facts today. I'm helping you both. I knew you guys didn't know this. I'm, uh, I'm learning again. Just going to school this episode. <laughs> yes. Um, and... He's just feeling amazing. He's had his first woman say that she's falling in love with him, which is really his goal. Like, he's here for people to say I love you yes. to him. It's finally starting to happen. He's getting that that sweet, sweet ego nourishment that he needs. He understood the assignment. He's like, and the assignment is many women falling in love with me. Correct. Yeah. He's like, every interaction tonight is making me smile. And I'm like, yeah, it's all really beautiful women being like, Clayton, I'm falling for you. So... <laughs> That seems positive. But he says, maybe it's all a little too good. Clayton's Clayton knows what comes. There's not going to be a good cocktail party. It's time for Mara to stage a confrontation with Sarah and for it to somehow be Sarah's fault that there is drama at this cocktail party based perhaps on interactions that we don't know about, that were not shown to us. It sure kind of seems like it's Mara's fault that there is drama at this cocktail party. But here we go. Oh, the fight that ultimately ensues is so bananas and yes. makes so little sense. But Mara has clearly decided that she is like falling on the sword to get into it with Sarah over something that we don't really know. She says she wants to address the comment that Sarah made about about the last ditch effort from a girl who's about to go home. And she ultimately pulls Sarah aside and she's like, your comment was a little insensitive and a little ignorant and I see it and some of the other girls might see it. <laughs> I think we also have a clip because I don't think that we can adequately express <laughs> on our own exactly how Mara words her critique to Sarah. You're acting as if Clayton's like a trophy to be won, it seems like. And Definitely this is his not. journey. And you made Definitely it a point not. to say that, you know, you want him to explore every relationship in between. In between. That's correct. So no, not in between. Every relationship, period. Because he has, you know... He I'm not done. Can choose. Um, it was something about us being the in-between. From your first one-on-one -on -one until you end up with him, we are all the in-between. I've heard it. They've heard it. I've never said that, Mara. I can tell okay. you that. I've never said that. I had no idea I was going to get a second one-on-one. -on -one. It's wonderful for you. What I'm saying I expect that. is you're, you're getting a little sloppy and it's showing. Um, it's only a matter of time before he sees it. And so I just wanted to address it with you and let you know that confidence is great. Overconfidence yeah, is hard. not cute. And that's kind of where you're headed. And I'm just okay. saying, you know, for everyone's sake, it'd be best if you kind of went back to just a cute, quiet confidence. Cockiness, the confidence is one thing, but it's starting to feel overly confident and teetering on cockiness. It would behoove you to take a little step back in your comments to let the other women explore their relationship without getting in their heads about not being good enough because we all believe that you believe you're the one. And that's all. Three words for you. Women supporting women. Am I right? <laughs> this is a girl Just power go back moment. To cute, quiet confidence, ladies. I don't like when you... Yeah. Come on. Yeah, don't, I don't like your, too go be confident. Overt. Don't be confident. I don't want to see 
you feeling good about yourself. You should be None shamed, of that. but do it cutely. You know, look cute, but be a little shamed. And she's have like, some just sort sit of- there and smile, Sarah. Yeah, yes. what I'm not getting from you, Absolutely. Sarah, is enough demureness in your confidence. <laughs> yeah. I would like for you to be confident, but silently, maybe seen and not heard. I it would just behoove you <laughs> to be <laughs> silent. You guys are getting a little sloppy on this podcast, and I need you guys to just. We're all noticing. Clayton notices. I notice. <laughs> I think that we are definitely planning to go back to more of a cute, quiet level of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's my goal. I understand that it would behoove me. It would definitely so. behoove. I love when she whips out this like legalistic sounding language, and then the nuts and bolts of her claims are basically just like, "You seem like you really feel good about your relationship with Clayton," and. I don't like it, <laughs> which, you know, if that's it's not a smoking it, gun, then it's not a smoking gun. No. I need more. I need to know what she what the fuck she's talking about. None. Like, it doesn't okay, make any sense. No one on this goddamn show speaks in specifics. And it is really starting to grate at me. Even when she says like, oh, you've said that you want Clayton to explore all the other relationships in between. Like your first one-on-one and ending up with him. And I'm like, honestly, I've seen so many women say stuff like that. They all want to believe they're going to end up with him. They're all saying stuff like, oh, I'm I'm his wife. Like, oh, that's my husband. Like, that's my boyfriend. Like, I want him to get to know everyone and explore those relationships so that when we end up together, he feels really good about it. So when you say, oh, you said that, I'm like, yeah, that's something people say on the show. I've never seen it made into a federal case like this before. So what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I wouldn't have mind seeing Sarah. I've been like, yeah, I said that. So that way Mara could have been taken aback. But, you know, this reminded me of something you said to me, Emma, a long time ago. when we were, I think we were just chatting about something and you were like, it's really hard. Maybe we were watching Too Hot to Handle. You were like, I need to see people my age. Like, I'm at the point we're in our 30s. Like, it's just nice to see women our age. And Mara's our age. And I looked at Mara and I was like, how are you not embarrassed saying this? Like, I was embarrassed being I'm like, sure she is embarrassed now, to be think, fair. Like, why? I hope I don't so. Know. I, hope I think so. by the end of this episode, she probably felt pretty good about it. But <sighs> it's maybe hard to there's. Say. Uh, yeah. She's like 32. It's hard to say. I'm like, I don't know. Like, we got to be, come on. Like, you're saying, like, I'm just upset because, you know, you really like him. What kind of. Look, Once look, I look. saw the whole episode, this is where. I, it sort of reframed the Mara stuff for me. It didn't make it any more defensible necessarily. But when Rachel says, after we see this completely unhinged exchange, Rachel's like, I just think Mara's being honest. Um, and we were all uneasy after Sarah came in yesterday. I was like, oh. Did that shock So you? there's been yes. a, a brewing conflict between most of the women and Sarah. And we just have no idea. I, I still think Mara was absolutely in the wrong here, to be clear, because she, and even if she wasn't, she didn't make her case effectively. Like, nothing that she said made me think that Sarah had done something wrong. And I really didn't like how she was controlling the conversation, too. Like, if Sarah oh ever tried God. to respond to a point, she'd be like, okay, whatever. I'm not, ta- like, like, I'm oh, not do, done. Do I'm you want to continue? Do you want right. to continue? And then when she's done so talking, she's like, all right, that's all. That's all. We're done. 
oh, you want to continue? It's like, yeah, maybe Sarah wants to say something after you launch this, like, full frontal attack on her. You don't let her get a word in edgewise. Like, you did and just give you a whole And then you want to end it without a response? Character assassinating her. So, yeah, she probably does want to say something. But Rachel in that confessional when she was like, I think it was Rachel you guys said. It was Rachel. Was just like, oh, yeah, like, well, I agree with Mara. Like, yeah, Sarah's got to be stopped. I was like, really? I was like, this is your chance to be like, Mara's just jealous. I'm focusing on my relationship. I just want this drama to be over. But she agreed with Mara. And then I was like, I'm missing drama. And that's when yeah. I thought I missed an episode or something. Because I was like, where is this coming <laughs> No, this from? show is just really bad at telling the story. Yes. Yeah, we're definitely missing something. Because to date, like, I have yet to really hear anything from Mara aside from it's not fair that Sarah's getting more attention than me and it makes me feel bad and I shouldn't have to feel that way. Which, sure, but that is how dating is. Clayton likes Sarah better. I'm sorry that that's happening (laughs) for Mara, but, like, it doesn't actually constitute a crime on the part of Sarah that she is preferred. And that, in fact, Mara would not feel bad at all if it were reversed. Of course, that's the nature of dating. So, like, when she drills down and that's the best she can give me, it doesn't make her look... Like, she is a calm, confident woman who just knows how to handle herself. It makes her look insecure and jealous. And, like, she's trying to tear someone down because of those feelings within herself. And then when the other women agree with her, I'm just like, can you show me something to make me think that there's more to this? And we never really get it. But Claire, she's ready for marriage. She's been ready from day one. So it doesn't matter how she treats other women. She's ready. Clayton should just have to marry whichever one of them is oldest, in my opinion. Yes. Like, you show up, you're like, am I the oldest one here? If you are, win. you win. Therefore, like, that's I'm how... the most ready. Therefore, I'm I your win. wife. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but it's time for the rose ceremony. I love how they frame this, too. Like, you know, Gabby and some of the other women are like, oh, I just want time with Clayton. I don't want this to take away from time with Clayton. It's so frustrating. And then Jesse Palmer comes in and, oh, no time for for Clayton. But it's not like that interfered with Clayton's night at all, as far as we can see. So to make it seem like this conflict is getting in the way of their time with Clayton does not seem to be based in reality. They just can't resist throwing that into the mix. But it's time for the rose ceremony. Clayton comes in and he's like, ladies, I just know I'm going to be in love at the end of this. And it's great. I feel it coming. It's just like coming for me, love. I'm so excited. Time to hand out these roses. It is the last rose ceremony before the hometown's eve rose ceremony. So we're coming down to the wire. Three women have roses, only four roses on that table. And they go to Susie, Serene, Gabby, and Genevieve. Teddy, Sarah, and Rachel do have roses, so going home are Mara and Eliza. Fairly predictable. Yes. Like, these are the two that haven't gotten a one-on-one and weren't on the two-on-one. So. Yeah. That, it made sense. I was happy for Mara to just leave. I didn't want the drama to continue. It needed to end. I didn't need a Shana 2.0. I was like, we're good here. Also, the longer this goes on, the more I just kind of feel happy for women who escape. I'm like, Eliza, you seem like a, a beautiful, radiant person with a calm and loving soul. I wish Go better for, for you. And Go find somewhere. a great boyfriend. <laughs> it's also uh, telling to me that none of them really seem that upset. Like, even Mara, <laughs> who's been like, I'm ready to marry this man. She's just like, Clayton... 
you deserve the best. And she's like, ladies, love you. Love you. (laughs) Like, see you on the other side. She literally says, ladies, I love you all. And I'm like, bitch, don't lie. (laughs) You don't love Sarah. Um, but she's she's being she's being polite and uh in her exit interview she's like Sarah's walking around like she's already got this in the bag but I think that's going to bite her in the ass. Again, footage not found, very confused. And she goes on to say I want to find my person just because Clayton wasn't it doesn't mean I'm not ready and I don't deserve it and I'm not going to get it, which is true, but she didn't really carry herself that way throughout the show. And so I hope that she's able to reflect find that and uh, reflect. Yeah, perhaps date in a healthier way moving forward. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the women in Vienna. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables. From Article, that lovely chair out on my deck, Article, our big console, 
article. I'm my bed frame article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back. Mozart is playing as the women stroll the streets of Vienna. They're standing on a bridge. They're touring the city. Gabby's like, it feels like we're in a fairy tale or like a postcard. Either one. Either one. They're the same six and one half a dozen. (laughs) Uh, Susie says that she told Clayton the next time she went to Europe, she wanted to do it with someone (laughs) she cared about. I was like, is that a thing? It sounds like she's talking about, like, sex or something. She's like, I, this is a thing that, you know, you can do it with anyone, but I really want to do it with someone that I care about. I just think it's so much more meaningful that way. And it's like a trip to Europe. (laughs) So weird. But also, like, how many trips are you taking with people you don't care about? Like, I just, if I'm going to Europe. Last time I went to Europe, I went with someone I hated. This time, I wish to go with someone I care about. She is, like, 24. So my guess is study abroad. Or parents. Or, or possibly, like, you know, you can go on, like, you can go, like, on a group trip that you just and sign she's up no for longer with other, like, 22-year-olds. No longer friends yeah. with any of those people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's like, and I am here with someone I care about, Clayton, and our other six girlfriends, my besties. So things are really working out for Susie. This trip actually made me want to go to Vienna, so... Really it actually looked very beautiful. Investment it is beautiful. by the tourism board. Uh, next week is hometowns. All the women are just hoping for that one-on-one. Genevieve is now the only one who hasn't actually had one. She just had that tragic two-on-one at Niagara Falls. So a lot of anticipation for this first date card. And it's for Susie. Falling in love with you feels like a fairy tale. And we know... We're getting a fucking pretty woman, princess date. God damn it. Yeah, I love that we call it the princess date, but it's like, you know how the traditional thing with princesses is that a much wealthier man (laughs) picks them up in a car and takes them for a shopping spree at a boutique? It's like, that's not a princess thing. Like, we're thinking of pretty woman. (laughs) (laughs) So Clayton picks her up in like a cream-colored vintage car with a driver and... 
is just so excited to spoil Susie. It almost seems like because she said she was falling in love with him first. He's like, like this he's is like, your she reward. Said <laughs> yes. Every time was- a woman tells a man she has the ability to fall in love with him, he takes her sh- on a shopping spree. That's our reward. What would a blowjob have gotten her? That's what I want to know. Uh, like, what would oh, that have, like, I mean, would she have owned Vienna? Would she have been the, pre- would she have gotten the key I don't know, though, Vienna? because because once you give a blowjob, you may cross over from, like, Madonna to whore, and then <laughs> oh, are yeah. you even deserving so of then she'd the be shopping punished. spree? Got yeah. it. Okay, exactly. there's a lot. Especially if production found out, like, Clayton was like, I want to do something really nice for Susie, like, the <laughs> nicest thing ever, because she gave me a, I mean... She said she was falling in love with me. And they're like, I'm sorry. Did you guys hook up, like, for real? Because now she has to be sent home. Yes, like, exactly. You can't let them find out. So the car takes them up to a boutique called Fisher's. And he takes her in for a spending spree. And she does some little, you know, goofy catwalking and the little bandage dresses for him. And... They kiss and they're like, oh, this is this is so crazy. Like, I've never had someone take me into a shop and just be like, pick whatever you want. I mean, who has? Right, like (laughs) everybody, like everybody. Also, can I just ask to who women who are in heterosexual relationships, at least at the moment, is let's say no cameras were there. And like, maybe it's just because I don't wear dresses or heels or like, I just don't like that. Is this fun? Do we want I, our men to be buying this stuff and then like literally watching? no? Never oh my done god! This before. I was actually oh, cringing thinking about having to like cutely model every oh, right. outfit and try it on. Hi. And I gotta take it off. I gotta. It and it felt like Clayton was almost disturbingly gleeful during this. He was like, "Oh my gosh, I am so happy to have this woman be my own personal human mannequin." <laughs> <laughs> I have never been more thrilled. This is a woman in her natural state. It is. I couldn't such tell if it was like a, a because I'm gay. Maybe it was like a. Culture. You're like, what I, did I, I miss here? Is I, I was like, no. is this something we do? Should I do this for not my girlfriend? In, not in my okay. experience, but I can't yeah. speak for all straight women. Right. I'm trying to think. There definitely have been times when I would like send pictures from the dressing room to be like. I like this T-shirt. I think I'm going to buy this T-shirt. What do you think? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, it's cute. Cute T-shirt. I also just personally, if I'm asking anyone to approve my fashion, it's other women. Like, I don't give a shit what Adam thinks about what I wear. Like, he doesn't have an appreciation <laughs> for style. Right. I don't know. And, like, and like I would want to... I would want a partner who would be like, you look great in sweats. Wear sweats. Wear what you're comfortable with. Like, also, just like wear, like wear what you want to wear right, in this moment. Wear what you feel good about. Like not for my own male gaze is how, or female gaze. That's how you end up with a wardrobe that is like 90% bandage dresses. I know. <laughs> you go shopping with your boyfriend and he's <laughs> like, that's Jair. the one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh. pop those hips in that for me, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Okay, no, good. So no my, Hervé Leger, please. So my, <laughs> my instincts were right about this date where I was like, yeah. this would be the most, un- I would rather bungee jump with no net than go on I also this think date. that this is yeah. partly why A, Susie, has been a pageant girl, so she has had training in in this sort yeah. of, uh, you know, showmanship. And also, I do think that she was making little goofy faces because it perhaps was slightly uncomfortable for her, too. She was doing little, like, weird dancing. We see a credit sequence. Like, she was clearly trying to make it less serious than yeah, perhaps like the show was. Yeah, it's like a little bit. Yeah. 
was making it seem. Yeah. And after this first boutique, they stop at a private gallery where a high-end Austrian designer is waiting with a selection of, like, gowns, like couture couture gowns, which she says are inspired by love stories and making you feel like a princess. On theme. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the thought of them contacting, like, a legit designer and being like, can you just, like, whip up some gowns that are inspired by love stories and feeling like a princess? And she's like, sure. Like, what else have I got going on? Um, but Susie, as you mentioned, is a pageant girl. So, like, this is her, this is her natural. She knows how to wear a gown. Milieu. Yeah. She's putting on dresses made of, like, Lace. fluffy pink feathers. They looked really fun. Flower appliques. I was like, this, this... She looked, I mean, she, she's stunning. I was dying with Clayton trying to give commentary. And Susie comes out in this really beautiful, like floral applique, gauzy dress with a gold metal belt. And Clayton says, Susie, that waist thing. That waist <laughs> thing. That waist thing, though. That waist thing doesn't have a name. I... It's a thing around the waist. <laughs> He's just describing it, guys. Like, like lower the standards for what Clayton he wears. <laughs> hoodies with blazers. Like, lower it, lower it. You know, he got the waist. Even right. men wear belts, right? I, <laughs> I, I think they wear belts. Also, it's a four-letter word, but not the word. That's semantics. Semantics. <laughs> semantics. Uh, but after the, after they finish trying on the dresses, she's like weeping with emotion to be to have experienced this wonderful date and he says this date is just about celebrating every part of you and making you happy and so she toasts to being really grateful it seems like it's mostly about celebrating the the physical part of her but call me crazy (laughs) he's like every part of the woman that matters every part of the woman that matters has been affirmed and represented here he's like the side of you that wears like little mini dresses to the club and also the side of you that wears couture gowns on the red carpet all the sides all the sides yep all the legs and <laughs> this whole date i mean this this part is sort of like the the car and everything is sort of intentionally old fashioned there's like the princess theme it's old fashioned but it feels like kind of 80s to me like i think the boutique even said it was like founded like in the 80s or something there's just like a very old school luxury feel to it of like four to five decades ago very specifically culminating in like lady in red being played on their at the end of their date i mean it's very much pretty woman but when you feel like it's the 80s did you expect clayton to be in kind of this like also prince-like suit when he gets out of that, when he greets her, because he was in, like, a normal day suit. And I was like, I thought they were going to give him, like, like a Beauty and the Beast type of, like, <laughs> royal, uh, you know, with the buttons. And he just had, like, a Brothers suit I would have like, loved suit. that. Okay. That was where my mind but was But as we know, Clayton is not a fan of matching the vibe of the woman he's dating's fashion. Uh, so before they have their night date, Susie, of course, has to re-enter the hotel suite with all of her bags. These dates are not just fully retrograde, but they are ultimately designed to just incite 
insane jealousy Violence. in the other women. Like they they are a torture device because of course Susie has to re-enter with one million shopping bags and show off her Louboutins to the women who have all gathered in the living room for this spectacle. And they're trying to be really happy for her, but like, I mean, yeah. Some of them are trying to be really happy for her. <laughs> well, I love that they were like, are these Louboutins? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, well, now I'm really jealous. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Not the time with Clayton. Because they're Louboutins. I, mean, I would be much more jealous of the shopping spree than the Louboutins time with Clayton. Last it forever. was the most like, authentic statement said in Bachelor. I give you that. Yeah. But it was also like, all right. like come on. I'm like, I'm not going to be buying those for myself. Like, is this show going to take me on a shopping spree? I don't need Clayton. I need a new wardrobe. Does she get to give that stuff back if he doesn't choose her? No. no. I assume that it? the I assume that the couture gown is not given. I assume that was on loan. Yeah, not everything that they get on these dates is necessarily a permanent gift, but I don't think any right. of them are conditional gifts. Like it's either a loaner for the date or it's a gift that they get to yeah. keep. Yeah, and the shopping Got stuff, it. I they do I'm pretty sure they get to keep. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Now, but like sometimes there will be like a diamond necklace. Yeah. I've or seen like that. like a, a couture dress. And that's, that's like all a loaner. Okay. Got so it. she doesn't actually enter with the dress. Instead, after she comes in and shows them all their things, a mustachioed man comes in asking for Frola and Susie. <laughs> this <laughs> bearing is this enormous red tool dress. I'm like, and who the is women this man that they've hired just to do this? Sick. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> It's it's so cinematic. Uh, they like like they're all the evil shop girl and pretty woman, and are just like oh, her. Really, I can't believe it. Total sister. <laughs> he like brings, he dumps this like giant red dress on Susie, and she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and all the women are like, "Oh my god!" Red is his favorite color, and like. <laughs> She's going to get to wear a really pretty dress in his favorite color in front of him. And it's just, like, not fair. And the fact that we think so little of male psychology that we're like, he's just going to choose a wife based on whether she wears a nice dress in his favorite color. And I just have to be the one to do that. Like, that is the saddest part, I think, of this whole episode for me. To be honest, it feels like a fairly accurate assessment of Clayton. Uh, I was going to say, like, I mean, if he can't really even understand what a belt is, then I feel like his criteria might just be choosing colors that he likes. Like, that's it. Like, shine them all up. Ooh, look at that shiny, shiny lady over there. Exactly. With that waist thing? Are you kidding? How is he not going to say yes? Joking? Please. Match made in heaven. Uh, So Susie gets dressed and she meets Clayton uh, for their evening date. And Clayton says, Susie, you are killing it. (laughs) (laughs) You're killing it in that dress. You kidding me, Susie? (laughs) Good for you, Susie. (sighs) He's he's like dumping Gatorade on Susie's head. (laughs) He's like, you look so hot. (laughs) Unbelievable. Uh, This is like the only way he knows how to compliment anyone. um, Is like they just made an exceptional play. And... Susie's nailing it. She's really giving, she's giving everything he's looking for in this moment. He is, he feels like he is in a fairy tale when he's with her because she's just so beautiful and has such shiny hair and she's wearing such a big dress. And that's everything. 
that That's it. a fairy tale offers. They're eating at a palace, which Vienna appears to have an abundance of. And inside, they sit, and Clayton is like, you know, being able to spoil you today was so great because you're just, like, so appreciative and humble. I love how he's just, like, saying it. Like, he's saying, like, I love the power dynamic that arises when I shower a woman with gifts. Only and she's if she's just is so appro- grateful. Yeah, if she's appropriately grateful, then it's worth it. So Susie says, well, no man has ever wanted to do something like that for me. And so this was really foreign for me. Like, I've never experienced anything like that. Look, I'm still waiting. I, I think it's me that too. I haven't. I think it's that I haven't been properly appreciative and humble. Yeah. So I'll work on that. Yeah. Adam has been complaining. He's been complaining. You don't smile enough around the house. You don't. You're not. You're not looking cute when you clean up his shit. Like you know Adam. him well. I thank you. Yeah. I know Adam. I know Adam. Obvious. You need to make a grand gesture first, and then you know you get the shopping put a, date. Put on a waist thing, Emma. Okay, stop <laughs> being so. Put on a waist thing. Like Jesus. I'll look for my waist thing after this. <laughs> The, the way that they always say things like this on the show, like, oh, my God, no one has ever shut down an entire pier for me. No one has ever taken me on a giant shopping spree at designer stores. It's kind of like they're all, it always has, that carries with it this implication that's like, well, that is what a man does when he's really in love, but I've just never had that. And it's like, no, that just isn't that's something that is just being on done. a TV show with Correct. the resources of Warner Brothers. yeah. And, like, we're carrying this fiction of it being Clayton's money and Clayton's gift and Clayton's power just, like, a little too far. It's getting—I feel like that doesn't happen on The Bachelorette because there is this desire to hold the man up as, like, affluent and powerful, and that's what makes him appealing. So they always do want to project the resources of the show onto onto the man and to be like, oh, he took me on a shopping screen. No man has ever done that for me before. He, like, took, planned this elaborate date for me. Yeah, but we the would men not, don't typically say stuff like that about no, the No, we would not no. see the flip side. It's more like, wow, what a, it's such a crazy opportunity to be in this opulent setting with you. With you. you. Yeah. But it is, yeah, there isn't a projection that, like, she is the one providing for him because that wouldn't reinforce the retrograde gender dynamics that they're really going for. And it just really gave me the icks in a very profound way. Yeah. I don't know why even more so than it has in the past. Maybe just every year I get older and more jaded. (laughs) But I was like, this is making me very uncomfortable. And Clayton does have a tendency to very inarticulately, like, say the quiet part out loud, where he's just like, I love how grateful you are. That makes it really fun (laughs) for me. Okay. Then she ultimately says... I don't feel deserving, and maybe that's because I'm too independent. Well, she's bas- she's saying like, oh, well, you know, I try to stand on my own two feet. I don't do things like this. I, it's important to me to be independent. And he's like, oh, so you like push these things away. You don't feel like maybe you don't feel like you deserve it. And she says, well, you know, I came from the humble home. I want to make them proud and show them that I can take care of myself. And so he's like, okay, but like, you do deserve it. You, you do deserve, deserve to be a fabulously gifts. wealthy man funding your lifestyle because <laughs> that's what any hot woman 
should have. Has to want. Yeah. Right. Yes. That is what you go on The Bachelor to find. And she also brings up her dad and was like, he would love seeing us together. And he asks what advice her dad gave her before she came on the show. And she says that her father said to just be herself and any guy would fall in love with her. Did you guys ever receive advice like this from your fathers? No, I think my father is more of a realist. And he's like, not every guy, Emma. <laughs> You're not going to be for everyone, <laughs> yeah. sweetie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the moment I brought home a girl, my dad quickly shifted his uh, perspective of what I could do. And then he was like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this is going to work for you. Yeah, yeah. My dad definitely was giving me advice that's like... Um, you know, it's okay to put on sort of like a nicer, friendlier, you know, <laughs> persona on your first date. You know, you don't have Smile to just more. like really do the shock and awe with like how <laughs> how cynical you are right away. And he was always trying to look out for me in that way. But Susie's dad is just like, she are perfect. Any guy would be lucky to have you. And Clayton says, well, I'm proud of who you are. Uh, taken credit already. You just bought her a couple pairs of shoes, bud. This is, again, an example <laughs> of Clayton's inability to speak in specifics. He's yes. like, I, I'm so proud of who you are. I love the way you are. I love the things about you. Clayton, who name is a she? Thing. Ma- name a thing. <laughs> what do you want like thing? about her? Personality thing. We he got just, two things. Like, he, at one point, he was like, I love how much fun we have and how we kiss a lot. can't. And I love that, too. I love that, Yeah, (laughs) And I'm ready to get engaged. Yes. Ready to get engaged. Yes. So he he tells her that even without all this fancy stuff, he would smile just as much with with her, and he offers her the rose. And then they whisk away to a ballroom to dance while Krista Berg sings Lady in Red. (laughs) I wrote, this is the most romantic date of the 1980s. This was was the best. Extreme 80s vibes. But I was like, finally, a song I know. That's what I said. And I sang it to Nadine. And I was like, look, a song I know. And I was like, I don't know who that DeBerg guy is. And he was like a little off key. But like, God damn, this was a great song. I love this I song. I think he's literally the person who wrote Lady in Red. Is yeah. he? Yeah. Like, he is the Lady in Red guy. God, what a great date. for Susie better be Ugh. so appreciative of what Clayton has arranged for her. <laughs> That's all I have to say. That's the all volume I have of to- her hair showed me that she appreciated and understood what was happening. She was ready. She's like, this literally feels like a movie. And I'm like, yeah, any rom-com of the 1980s, more or less, but especially Pretty Woman. Especially Pretty Woman. I mean, she's literally in the, the red dress. Julia yeah. Roberts was also in a red dress. The parallels everyone are there. Needs, everyone, everyone's a, the way that Serena was Romance. like, oh, it's his favorite color that she's wearing. I'm like, yeah, every guy loves a woman in a red dress. It's like the most obvious, like, sex appeal color. he's like, color. ooh, right. I see her. I see her. Yeah. Like, that really catches the it's eye. It's like a red sports car. It's like, ooh, color. It's like, <laughs> yeah, of course. He's like, oh, it's weird. <laughs> when she's in that other color, like any of the other ones, she sort of blends into the background. I'm like, there are a lot of hot women in here, but. Put her in a red dress. And I'm like, ooh, that hot woman specifically. <laughs> Something yeah. about her just really stands out. I can't, like, <laughs> put my finger on it. Really catches the eye. Uh, but the date ends with a rose and a beautiful two-on-one with Krista Berg. And meanwhile, back with the women, the last group date card of the season is arriving. 
And it is for Sarah, Teddy, Genevieve, Rachel, and Gabby. How bold one gets when one is sure of being loved, Sigmund Freud. When I tell you, my heart fell into my stomach. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And Teddy here, very preachant, says, Freud? I hope it's not a huge therapy session. Ha ha, that <laughs> that would never happen because that would be very unethical. Shadowing. Hmm. You know what I would have loved is if they were like, we're going to learn how to do literary criticism through a Freudian lens. <laughs> and we're going to take these classic love letters and write close readings of them. Through, you know, you think they probably wouldn't do that. I'm getting a lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> I don't know, Claire. I don't think, think this would work that you need to submit this idea to Bachelor Production. They're absolutely going to do it, Claire. From uh, what we this know, is just so- yes. <laughs> like, I feel like 10, like maybe five years ago, they might have done a Freud-themed date, but it ha- would have been more gamified. Yeah. Like something right, sort of goofy. Yeah, goofy, like, oh, you're going to share XYZ things. or yeah. A vulnerable story, you know, like share yeah. the time that you're most vulnerable and then like we'll just judge you on it with points. Like okay. I just <laughs> felt like Bachelor Production had been listening in to Claire and, you know, to our podcast's years of touting the importance of therapy. And they were like, okay, we got it. And they really took the wrong, the wrong lessons from our I commentary. I felt personally trolled by this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> they were like, oh, you want therapy to be valued (laughs) especially like by a psychoanalyst like we're talking like a real head shrinker there like okay who is this okay i tried to look this this person up but i failed possibly very hot she's very very beautiful like clayton enjoyed her a very beautiful alleged psychoanalyst (laughs) um who greets them and i think we have a clip of her explanation of the date my name is Catherine Wippersberg. I'm a psychoanalyst. Welcome to Vienna, the hometown of modern psychotherapy. Sigmund Freud was born here. He's the founder of psychoanalysis. It's all about unveiling the deepest layers of fears, emotions, anxieties, and it's all hidden in your subconscious mind. Each of you will have a couple therapy session with Clayton, your partner. I know some of you are going to introduce Clayton to your parents next week, so I think this is the perfect moment to all know what you truly feel about him. Okay. The thing about therapy (laughs) is that there is an element of confidentiality to it. Yes. That is one of the things about therapy. one of the things about therapy. it's That's just the way one. It's, it's just one one small detail of therapeutic practice. I'm just gonna say there are several details of therapeutic practice that are not being abided by <laughs> yes. in this setup. <laughs> Most of them, I would say. I uh, my mother-in-law, who is a social worker, was just like texting me, enraged by this state concept. And I was in rate. Like, I don't know if anyone who thought this was a good idea outside of the bachelor producers who put this together. How did they get a psychoanalyst to do this? Is she an actress? I couldn't find her. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, if this is an actual psychoanalyst, perhaps her license should be revoked. Like, this is not 
ethical. You are ex- you're trying to extract confessions and emotional disclosures in a setting that is filmed and therefore public in order for this man to make decisions about who's most worthy to be his partner. Like the entire thing is completely deranged and it really gave me like shrink next door vibes where it's like, let's put you in a vulnerable position so that we can manipulate you in the most effective way. And her first question is always like, are you nervous? It's like, I'm nervous. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm nervous. She she and Clayton walk away and she's like, it's so weird. Why do they all appear to be nervous? (laughs) Right. I'm like, you're a psychoanalyst. How do you not know that? (laughs) I was getting really weird. Like, um, like it was almost like he was taking them all to get a medical examination to like, to See Are they physically who was fit? The, yeah, to evaluate the their fitness. Yeah, yeah like very uh, disturbing. Like eugenics seems like a strong word because obviously this is just a dating show. But like it, it was reminiscent to me of that kind of history. That's like we're gonna examine before this woman is uh, before I, you know, take this woman on as a wife. Like check her teeth. Like check her <laughs> uterus. Like check her brain. Like. Make sure she's all like fit as a fiddle, ready to go. Like it's so creepy because he's taking so it's, creepy. It's, couples therapy is about working on your relationship in a setting of trust and openness. And for you, one guy, to be like bringing in and presenting your different possible partners and being like, "How's this one? Yeah, all right. Well, how's this one? It's please, a very please different- evaluate her based on the kind of disclosure that she can provide at the drop of a hat." But also even the power dynamics of him just being like so huge sitting next to these women and like <laughs> looking at them before they're like, you know, the therapist like, are you nervous? And she's like, I don't know how to answer. Like, I know we're going to get into like the Genevieve of it all, but she's like, I yeah. don't know how to answer. And he's just like looking down at her, like being super quiet, he's like, waiting deliver. for her. You yeah, must deliver. Shed a tear. Shed a tear. Say something. Yeah. I'm like, this is awkward. And that's like the nicest <sighs> term I can say about that. Outside of it being unethical, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Poor Genevieve. Genevieve was, first of all, is at this point now knows she's not getting a one-on-one before hometown. So she's got to know that she's she's basically doomed. Yeah. She also doesn't like therapy. She says even in her personal life, she's never gone to therapy because she doesn't like talking about things that make her upset and cry. I don't relate to this, but that is... She is that, that is, is her prerogative. She is allowed yeah. to feel that way. That is this her prerogative. This is Claire's love language. It is not Genevieve's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, I was really uncomfortable with how they do actually, because of how they're using therapy and how the women all react, they are framing therapy as this giant, terrifying test. And so when Sarah is like, oh, cool, I love therapy. I think it's like a really nice thing to be able to talk to someone else about my and problems I'm having. That's framed as suspicious and maybe sociopathic. And that also pissed me off. I agree. I just, I hated, I hated the way that they used therapy as an evaluative tool. Like the whole yeah. point of therapy is that you are given a safe space within which to work on whatever issues you personally have. Like you cannot pass or fail therapy. Right. 
And the, this just made me deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah, they were like waiting to say the right thing. And that's just like, I'd rather yeah, see them it objectify was, it was them as like a powder puff football game than watch them <laughs> weaponize therapy. And both are bad. I'm not saying like, yeah, both bo- both are good. But them weaponizing therapy like this of being like, do they say the right thing? Am I going to get pat? Like, it was very I, disturbing. It, it was just, this is not good. This was not yeah. good. So Gabby goes first, and Clayton is like, I think uh, in the last few weeks, you've really been delivering on your vulnerability. You've been really working on that, and uh, I give you an A. And <laughs> poor Gabby is is put in the position to, again, sort of plumb her traumatic family history, and she starts crying yeah, talking about her mom again and her difficult relationship with yeah. her mom. And the therapist says, so you probably need a very secure relationship that's very stable where you don't feel that insecurity like you felt with your mother. Uh, Clayton, could you give that? And Clayton's like, yes. And that is the extent that's to which it. we plumb Clayton's fucking psyche I was going to say, this is the only thing any, this is the only time anything is demanded of Clayton. Yes. It's like he's adopting dogs, and they're like, this dog needs to run a lot. Like, are you going to take this dog for walks three times a day? And he's like, yes. And they're like, all right, sign the adoption papers. Like, that's enough. all we're really here to The girls at. need to get their uteruses and heads checked every five <laughs> seconds to make sure they're good. But can you provide stability? Yes. Cool. Great. You, the test. you said also, it. <laughs> what person doesn't want a stable relationship? Like, I'm confused yeah, as to the psychotherapist. The, like, the goal in a relationship is to feel safe and stable, stable and supported. That's a good relationship. Is there anyone that doesn't want that? Like, I just, I'm, confi- I'm like, confused. I personally uh, crave instability and chaos and <laughs> yeah. emotional lack of safety. It's more exciting that way. Some of us just, you know, we don't like to be safe. We like to feel the wind in our hair, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> and so in their session, uh, Teddy... Also, basically, is like, I've been opening up so much more than I ever have. I feel stronger feelings than I have in the past. And Clayton's like, yeah, totally. I also yeah, feel therapist great. Yeah, like, great, you passed, Teddy. Good yeah. job. I mean, it was middling, but B, solid B work. Bring <laughs> on the next one. Yep. And that, of course, brings us to Genevieve, who is already completely panicking because she doesn't like therapy. And she accurately understands that this is, in fact, a test. And so they bring yeah. her in. The therapist is like... Why, why are you nervous? <laughs> yeah, poor Genevieve. I, I I wonder, it's hard for me to tell. I'm like, did Genevieve go in being like, I'm just not going to do it and we'll see what happens? Or did she think maybe she could kind of work with it until she sat down and I then she that. shut down? Because she just doesn't really respond. She's she, like, she I don't. She completely shuts down. I think she also, as you said, Claire, knows that she's basically done like, this is her and, – and and she's so deeply uncomfortable. So I feel like maybe partway through when she was getting completely panicked and tongue-tied, she just sort of decided, I, I'm not going to do this. She's I'm going to see it. myself out. Like, this is the end of the road for me. Yeah. I don't want to participate. I mean, the, the, she's really in this, this – Anos is like, try to express how you feel. She can't really respond the psychoanalyst says, well, if he can't see what's going on inside you, it will be a difficult relationship. Which, like, 
sounds like a threat. It is a threat. <laughs> it is a threat. She's like, if you can't perform emotionally in this moment, you're not equipped for Clayton and he <sighs> will in fact see you out. And that is exactly what happens. Like, I can understand a comment like that in the context of like, an established long-term relationship with some communication problems that you are in therapy together for. But that is simply not the context. So it's an incredibly inappropriate comment. They've never even gone on a definition. Being on on The Bachelor is an unsafe environment for a relationship. You have absolutely zero guarantee that your emotional safety will be cared for. You have zero guarantee that this person is going to commit to you in any capacity. You you, you actually kind of hit the nail on the head of, like, this entire episode really reflects, like, you say I love you, you get a Louboutin heel and Louis Vuitton rings or whatever the fuck she's got, right? You do that. (laughs) Then when you have, like, a normal reaction to psychotherapy being filmed and a normal reaction to kind of being like, hey, I'm genuinely scared to do this, like, actually not being performative, giving genuine reaction, you get off the show. You get kicked off the show. She was the only one that had kind of the normal reaction to having a film psychotherapy session. Like, that's completely true. Like, uh, later the therapist makes a comment that we will get into about some of the women or one of them being performative. And I honestly don't know how you can do what they all did without being performative because it's just not actually a place where you can really be vulnerable. And even in therapy that's private, I think you can be a little performative because you're trying to express your feelings in a way that is coherent to other people. Genevieve is just completely, I I can't imagine being in Genevieve's shoes here and being kind of confronted by yeah. Clayton and this therapist being like, you need to open up or it's not going to work. And thinking like, well, I've never had a chance. Like, he's never given me a one-on-one. How am I supposed to feel trust with him? How is this right. on me? We've spent no time together. And I think, honestly, she was smart to just be kind of like, no. Yeah. She had the yeah. normal reaction of being like, yeah, you're right. I couldn't open up. So I guess I'm going to go home. Like, no wonder we couldn't get through our relationship. Like, yeah, she had the normal reaction. Like, yeah, you know. And she's still saying the things like, oh, it's not you. It's me. I still have work to do, like, personally on, like, bringing my walls down. But it really doesn't seem like it's on her to me. To me, I'm like, that was the healthy choice. You saw, yes. like, you are not in a position to win this show. Yes. And so you need to protect yourself from yeah. him at this point. Excuse yourself from this very emotionally unsafe situation in which you are being, like, psychologically tortured, essentially. Yeah. So he he finally is like, I don't want to put pressure on you, but hometowns are next week, so... Oh, I need to put pressure on you. Let's actually go talk in private so I can put pressure on you in private. (laughs) And they sit on the stairs and Clayton is like, I can't meet your family if I can't see past your walls. And Genevieve is like, yeah, well, you have some really strong connections with the other women. We're not there yet. Uh." And Clayton (laughs) says, we ran out of time. Thanks for making this journey fun. And he puts her in the car. Thanks for making this journey fun. I love how he then goes back to the other women and really frames it as though I had to send Genevieve home. And I'm like, sir, she sent herself home. Yeah. She really yeah. got Genevieve you there. Genevieve was like in the car before he understood she what was happening. She controlled that yeah. situation, sir. She could have gotten out of it. Yeah, she, she was like, yes, to. let's talk privately. Yeah, I really think you have better connections with other people. Guess we've Go run out it. of time. And he's like, I think what happened is we ran out of time. I'm so sorry. I'm sure you're devastated. <laughs> 
Yeah, he, he uh, poor but, sweet Clayton. Um, but thanks for making it fun, Genevieve. Thanks for making it fun. <laughs> His breakups, even now, I'm like, so we're fun. into the point of the series where the breakups should be a little more emotional. And he's always no, just like, he's well, like, great you're times. Cool. Good times. He's like patting him on the butt. Good job, yeah, he's like, Very good far. times <laughs> together. You did great. You gave your all. Next time, perhaps you'll win the game. Next next up is Rachel, who is now terrified because Genevieve just got sent home mid-session. <laughs> and she tells the therapist, like, oh, I've gone through a lot of insecurity, not being sure about whether I sh- can even stay. But I do trust you, Clayton. And so I just, like, come back to that. And Clayton is like, yeah, I feel like you trust me. That makes it so easy. I have no reservations about you. This is going great for me. And what's interesting about this is that if this is a couples therapy session, it sounds like we do have something to explore here <laughs> about why she doesn't necessarily feel like her trust in Clayton is that steady anymore. But instead, he's like, yeah, you sound help. like you're committed to this process. It seems that. good. I like you, so nothing She's more like, to I'm see here. Not- I'm not sure if I'm sexually attracted to you or not. And he's like, good job. You opened up. You passed your test. <laughs> Great. Like, he, like, it just, it, yeah. Bothers yeah, he's like, make. if there's a problem here that's me, then I simply don't know how to register that. <laughs> he's like, the problem that's is either not you what or we're here not. to explore in these couples right. therapy sessions. This is actually just about, about you. you and whether you're good enough for me. So, yeah. moving on. Yeah. He does kind of pot. He's like, she has some questions about whether to trust me. I don't like that. So I'm going to, you know, put a pin in it and we will explore it later later. because I'm sure it's someone else's fault. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, Sarah is really pissing off the other women by talking about how she loves therapy and talking about her problems and she feels good about her relationship. So it's just going to be a great opportunity to talk about it. And like, I get that they're all like super nervous and this is very grating, but like again not a smoking gun she can't even express how much she loves therapy she said she's like i can't even i love it so much i can't even tell you how much i love therapy i'm like you're telling me right now a little bit weird here's the thing like i think sarah therapy too i think sarah's just like perhaps an annoying person to be around (laughs) who doesn't really understand the boundaries of sharing that tend to exist that you have to very carefully navigate in this setting in order to bond with the other women but not make everything really uncomfortable and she's just sort of unaware and she's like I love therapy I love my connection isn't it so great and all the other women are like I'm about to vomit because Genevieve just went home you're not reading the room so much about not being a bachelor villain (laughs) is just about reading the room and modulating your tone. Yeah, navigating really complex social dynamics. But then if you do that, then people will be like, oh, you're fake. Like, you should just say what you really feel. And like, well, she's like, what I really feel is I fucking love therapy and I'm excited to talk to Clayton about our relationship with the therapist. It's going to be great. And they're like, oh, read the room, bitch. Like, (laughs) it's just like impossible. They also are clearly trying to turn the audience on Sarah at this point because we get a couple Franken bites that I noticed. She's like, some people are more equipped and I'm going to take advantage of it. And the some people are just more equipped was seemed to be from a different comment than the I'm going to take advantage of it. It does seem like it would make a lot of sense for her to just be saying, like, oh, I haven't been to therapy in a while. I'm excited to, like, get to talk to a therapist. I'm going to take advantage of it. Right. Yeah. And then maybe earlier they were like, 
they were like, do you think people are nervous about therapy? And she's like, yeah, you know, I think like some of us are, are more equipped because we've had experience. And then they put those two together. So after Clever. she leaves, the other women are just talking shit. They're like, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's been sharing personal things about her relationship with Clayton. It's making us insecure. We're starting to feel like it's a tactic. I want Gab- to know, again, what she fucking told all of them. Yeah, what are they talking about? Gabby is saying things like, oh, things are going to come out because people like that can't keep track of their lies. What lies? What is this in reference What's the to? Lies? What happened? What's the lie? I don't, uh, are we missing something? Yes, like, we're definitely missing something. Like it, I am losing it yeah. at the show at this point. <laughs> like, how did that, this is so sloppy. Like, they can't give us these sound bites about how Sarah has too many lies to keep track of and then not show Flashback. what any of the lies are. Something. <laughs> like, because she got two on one-on-one dates? Like, what? That doesn't make yeah, sense. I've... So Sarah does go into her session. She starts by being, like, very good student. Like, I'm so excited. Therapy is a really big part of my life. And the analyst asks her if she's ever felt judged in the house. And she says that she became a target after getting a second one-on-one and being accused of thinking she had it in the bag. She cries a little bit. And Clayton says that, well, we've had these tough moments, but we've pushed through and we have that trust. And Sarah beams. So she really feels like this session has gone well. Uh, Tears get you A's. That's how it is. Well, she has definitely learned that. Yeah. Like, and he seems at this point in the he seems convinced that she's being genuine, right? Like, that's how you guys yeah. saw it. Like, he doesn't think yeah. she's yeah. being anything other than dead serious. I think what ultimately turns him is simply that Rachel is perhaps his number one. And yeah. w- once Rachel expresses that Sarah's presence is making her feel bad, he's like, oh, yeah, fuck. Got it. You think it was Yeah, I think it. Rachel and like it's all at this point there are a small number of women left and a handful of them are his favorites. And if like all of them right. are saying the same thing about one of his other favorites, he's like, Do I keep my f- four favorites or my one favorite? You know, it's like it's just math at this point. I do think that after their one on one, when he basically blindsided her and made her sob. Over, as far as I can tell, is still a meaningless accusation. Like, I've never really seen any basis for the specific accusation that was made before that one-on-one. Like, of course he feels like she's been sort of unjustly targeted and that she felt feels really deeply about it. Like, he reduced her to tears, like genuine tears yeah. in that on that date. And... So he might he might also feel a little bit of guilt. Yeah. Am I re- am I giving Clayton too much credit that he feels bad about? No, that? I, I think know. you're right. I mean, even in that moment, you could on the one on one, you could tell that he had sort of that he felt bad. Gone too. He was fine. like, "I put you through this, but it'll all be for the better." Yeah. And so afterwards, the analyst <laughs> addresses all of them with some very helpful comments. I think we have a clip. So thank you, ladies for being vulnerable and open today. It was hard, I know. Psychoanalysis is all about finding your own conclusions and solutions. I know you saw a lot of feelings. Some of them were honest. Thank you for that. Some of them weren't honest. 
and um, they were, let's call it performative. Okay. How did they get wow. this fucking alleged psychoanalyst to agree to do this? Just imagine something like this happening in an actual couples therapy session where you're just like, hmm, some homework to think about. Some of what was said here today was honest. And some of it wasn't. Not, Not going to indicate who. who, but fight among yourselves and figure it out. Yeah. I Go for it. I can't. Great psychoanalyzing. I, Our work is done here. The thought... <laughs> <laughs> Even if she said who it was, like... That, right. That's not the job of a psychoanalyst to to be like, you're lying. Your emotions <laughs> that you're displaying are fake. I know that. Like, maybe I will say, like, maybe you're in long term couples therapy and your therapist starts to be like one of this one of the partners here is abusive. They're using therapists to further control their partner. They're being manipulative. It's unsafe to the other person. I need to intervene on the basis of one session with a new client to be like, that's fake. You're a liar. You're, fake. You're, You're a, a liar. fake liar. Um, that, what's therapeutic about that? Literally, Nothing. it's the opposite of therapeutic. It's it actually- would make people mentally ill. Not right. Ill. Yeah. You are psychologically right. torturing someone and you're also actively inciting conflict completely outside of a setting where you might be able to like help a couple work through conflict. It's just the antithesis of therapeutic treatment. And it made me so upset. Enraged. Uh, and so with that, with that ominous, vague statement, Clayton is now deeply shaken and ready to... I love how he's like, I'm not going to ask the psychotherapist who she's no, talking about. No, he's like, I know the assignment, which is to put on my <laughs> investigator hat at a later time and try to figure this out. And the other women all seem to be like, well, obviously she's talking about Sarah. I I guess we're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk to Clayton about her. So that night on the night date, <laughs> he is ready to investigate. I really felt like he thought that the psychoanalyst was like a psychic. He's like this <laughs> witch identified a dark Someone. spirit among us, and now I have to discover who it is. <laughs> yeah. He has to douse them all in a bath and see which one floats. Exactly. <laughs> he grabs Rachel first, which if it's if it's accurate, I think it's telling. He's like, I know it's not Rachel. I and she's the person whose comfort I care about most. Right. And like that was the biggest tell when he pulled her over because it went pulled her over. When he grabbed her and he was just like, <laughs> I know it's not you. And I'm like, based on what? Like, that he all, likes all, her best. It's funny because right. Rachel is the person who I have described as performing the most during this season with her, like, little whispers to him and her, like, face caresses and everything feels very actory and cinematic. And, like, that doesn't mean that Rachel's faking it, but, like, it's funny to me that he's, like, the one person that I always feel like is putting on the the most adept display is the person that he's like, you're definitely not performing. So what's the 411? And he asks if she questioned continuing in the process, as she mentioned before, because of him. And she's like, no, of course not. You're great. You're perfect. I love your knits and your blazers. It's all just been 
really hard. And I think your one-on-one with Sarah made me get in my head because it seemed like it was done. Uh, after your date with Sarah, I was with Teddy and Sarah came in and told us about your day and your connection and how you were crying together. And we were both just like, how are we ever going to get there? And Clayton is I like, Clayton, Clayton oh my picks God. out one particular detail from this. And He's we good have at a that. clip. He's good at that. She said, I cried. Mm-hmm. Hearing that, it's like a shock to me because I don't see like why that's being said because there's no truth to it. Dead. The After a psychotherapy oh session, by the way, where girls get rewarded He's for like, crying. Other, she, I? She said, I cried. Never cried. How dare she? <laughs> fuck, fuck her. She said, I cried. No, that is a lie. In fact, she cried and I remained cold and unmoving. Stoic. Yeah, like, what? what like, bro? cry? I don't know why anyone would say that about me. Who's been saying that about me? <laughs> I'm not I need to- the kind of man. Who cries? I Which is also it. weird so because, funny. like, throughout the entire season, whenever we say, like, this season on The Bachelor, it's that one clip of Clayton being like, I'm so broken. <laughs> and I'm like, we know you cry. We well, know. But that he doesn't hasn't know yet, though. Yet. He doesn't right, know the show is going to fully break him. Yeah. I, <laughs> in this moment, I was like, wait, that's it? Because, like, there was a lot of crying on this date. And maybe Clayton didn't actually cry, but I can definitely without judgment, see it like a 23-year-old being like, oh my God, the date was so like tough. We were like crying, but by the end, like we really came to like a better place and are stronger. And yeah. I can just see the way that like you get caught up in the emotion of the moment and you you might em- lightly embellish, but like given the amount of crying and emotion that happened in that conversation, it doesn't seem like a like that weird that she would remember it as we cried. Like, it's just so close to the truth. Yeah, it's so close. And it's like, when we're having a conversation, it could be like, oh my God, we were crying laughing last night. That doesn't mean that I was crying laughing. It just means that I was like laughing heartily. And so like, I think words just kind of get like, if if she was like, oh my God, we cried together. That doesn't necessarily mean that they cried the exact same amount at the (laughs) same time. Like, it's a moment. Like, I I don't know. It's like, I I feel like I talk about Greg not that often on the podcast, but almost whenever I do, he'll be like, I remember that moment differently. Like, I will be like, oh, we cried over this thing. He'll be like, you were crying. I was, I wasn't crying. And I'm like, oh, I guess maybe you weren't. I just sort of like remembered it that way because it was such an emotional moment. That has literally happened in like the three times that I have talked about his emotions on this show, just because that's how you remember emotional moments. You're not like parsing like, who cried at what time? Right. Like, it just seems we're very telling odd other to people. Me. That the producers, to your point, are definitely turning us all against Sarah for whatever reason we don't know. But it's like they just are grasping at straws. And it's just lies. frustrating because they haven't done the work to show, to show these anything. women gradually becoming frustrated with Sarah. So the right. whole thing just feels deeply confusing. And then the one thing we have to hold on to is like, Sarah said Clayton ride it's just yeah. bananas like, what a liar Horrific. what a liar she's like i it seems like sarah is manipulating us to get us to pull away from clayton by making it seem like he's already sure and like again this is just one of those accusations that like 
I feel like it looks so different depending on the specifics of what's happening. And so I guess on one level, I want to trust all of these women and their experiences. But on the other hand, I'm like, you really can't point to anything concrete that makes me feel like she's done anything other than be really confident in their connection, which is what you're supposed to be. Or if any of them, if any of them did point to anything concrete, we don't see it. Like we just cut right to a short clip of Clayton being like, so Sarah's confidence is making you question your connections to Gabby. And she's like, yeah, definitely. It's been going on for weeks and we've been trying to avoid it, but it's like coming to a head. But we don't see the rest of their conversation. Yeah. So why would another person's confidence, if I'm Clayton, why would another person's confidence about our relation? Like I would question the girl that was like, yeah, the confidence that you have in this relationship is making me question. Like you're supposed to be siloed in your own connection with them, right? Like you're supposed to, like you're not supposed to let the other people affect you, right? He's dating 20 other women. Like we're all, this is a baseline. So when, even when Rachel's like, oh yeah, her confidence is like really making me feel bad. If I was Clayton, I'd be like, well, why? Like, well, why? Like it shouldn't do that. We should feel confident in just us. Like that's how it should be. Cause like it's a real world type of situation. I don't know. It just, yeah, it's, it was lame I mean, excuse. It was a lame I, excuse. I think ultimately the, the it comes down to like he doesn't want the other women to stop being super vulnerable with him and right. to put up any guards in and their I think connection. He also resents the idea that Sarah might think that she's the front Winner. runner. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. He's like, right. I decide who the front runner I is. I control like, it. I that's yeah. the thing. Like everyone said that oh Nate thinks he has it in the bag. Like Nate's so cocky. And like Michelle didn't love hearing that, but Michelle did want to pick Nate and he was the front runner. So in the end, like it wasn't the, the biggest deal. Like she's like, All right, like let's all yeah. just like chill out and get through this and I'll pick Nate and it'll be fine. <laughs> but Clayton is annoyed because I think he doesn't see Sarah as right. his final person. And especially because if he's unsure and if he's caught between several people and one of them is Sarah, he definitely still wants to have the option of, like, Rachel and Gabby, for example. (laughs) And so he doesn't want her claiming the prize early. It's just, it doesn't, just because it's creating this drama and making the women insecure and it's making Clayton annoyed, it doesn't necessarily prove to me that she's done anything wrong. And that is what makes me uncomfortable about the framing. Uh, Because I'm sure it does, like, if you feel like someone is convinced that they are going to win, it would get in your head. But, like, is it wrong to be convinced that you'll win? Right. No. (laughs) Again, I my read on this is, like, there is no smoking gun. She didn't commit any high crime. And she's just kind of a grating person to be around. And production has used psychotherapy in order to needle at this annoyance and bring it to a head and create a setting in which it can be framed as this bigger thing. When the reality is, like, sometimes people just really annoy you when you're forced to live with them and you don't feel connected to them and you don't feel like they are reading the room and navigating social situations in a way that's beneficial to the group. Yeah. So finally, he pulls Sarah He's ready to send her home if he's 100% sure she's manipulating him. How could he get a smoking gun like that? Well, (laughs) let's watch and see. He sits Sarah down. He's like, I've heard the women feel uncomfortable. They want to leave because you've given them the impression that I've already decided that it's you. 
And Sarah, I think we have a clip of her response. I want to be super clear that I have not said any of those things. I've just felt like so thrown under the bus after like the second one-on-one and I don't know why, I don't know why anything changed because it's like I've had best friends here and I've been like a sounding board for them and I've listened to them when they cried and I've celebrated with them when they were happy. But then when it comes to me, like I'm not like allowed to feel anything. It's like, oh, shut up. You can't feel that way. Like, you have such a great connection. Like, how can you not believe that anything I say or do is wrong? And it's only happened, like, in the past week. I love how even in this moment, she is actually doing the thing. That she's like, the women, everyone just, just like, you have such a good connection with Clayton. (laughs) And it's so hard because they, like, see what a good connection we have. And so it's like, they don't care about my feelings because we're in love. But also, (laughs) we're best friends. Yeah. And this type of, like, reaction, whatever Sarah's doing, bodes so well for Bachelor in Paradise. Like, she will get rewarded. The more annoying you are in Bachelor in Paradise, the more hits you get. Like, that's my opinion. Like, the worst people (laughs) always walk away with, like, in the couple at Bachelor in Paradise. This is going to, she's going to steal Mara's guy in Bachelor in Paradise in August. Guarantee you this. It's going to be round two. Like, it's all going to come back. And, like, they're kind of setting us up that like there's no way she's not going to be invited to venture oh that's such yeah. a good call oh, this is horrified it. at the thought it, it's happening it's going to be round two Ugh. for sure for sure this but was the moment though that i was like hmm, this this reaction like, feels very performative uncomfy yeah. she is doing a full dry faced cry Te- voice yeah she is Scrunching her face up, she is making her voice sound teary. It's the Shania. Not a single tear is visible. Yep. There is music playing over her continuing to do this that is somehow skeptical. I don't know how you make skeptical music. (laughs) But it's effective. It's effective. It is. Uh, And finally, Clayton, you know, he's listening. He's like staring at her eyes very intently. (laughs) scrutinizing her as she makes this speech. And finally he speaks. And I think we have a clip of what he says. I'm just going to be real with you. Like, I really felt like you were trying to fake cry to me. Like, it didn't feel genuine at all. I honestly have, like, no tears left because this has been a really, really tough week. I felt like you were really trying to, like, make force the tears out. And I'm having trouble, again, when it comes down to my journey. Like, I'm here trying to find my my future wife here and like what scares me is it sounds like you were trying to like manipulate these women into thinking that like there was more there to the point where they felt that they should just give up and everybody almost at one point walked out and that's what's frustrating me is like I just I just I'm sorry but I just don't believe you I was like, wow, Clayton, Clayton finally shows some personality. He he makes a decision. He says something specific. Well done, sir. Yeah, I'm actually impressed with Clayton in this moment. Good job. You were paying attention to more than staring intently in her eyes. Maybe that's what did it. I don't know. <laughs> Shanae's blondness, I guess, just distracted him from her incessant fake crying. But with Sarah, yeah, he's noticing it. The way that the tears are becoming such a major factor on this season 
feels like such a throwback as well. There's so many things about this season that feel like throwbacks, but like it really does feel like a woman cannot express genuine depth of emotion and have it be believed unless she is crying. And so then in this moment, we see Sarah being like, well, it's time to show that I feel genuine emotion, so I'm going to cry, but, like, the tears aren't coming. Yeah. And when he points it out, she's like, well, I, look, look, I don't have any tears left. Like, I'm trying, like, I'm feeling really sad, out. but, like, I, I can't cry for you right now. Like, and it's almost like, like well, she's like, I ran a bunch done. of sprints last night, and my legs are just dead. And he's like, that's not the point. The point is that the tears are supposed to be genuine. But the way that tears are important for advancing their their the way that tears are important for showing him that they are sincere throughout the process means that they do have to like deploy them at certain moments. I know. This is like a dog and tricks. Like if you are not going to poop on this walk, you are not getting a treat. And she was like, <laughs> I can only pee. I can only pee. I did not, I do not have any more poop left in me. And he's like, then it's not genuine. But I felt like you were really trying to poop for me right now. And that, right. Ooh, but like, that was such a turnoff. You made the I squat like motion and then you stood up. I don't know. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so bad. So meanwhile, Gabby is saying to the other women, she has been playing the victim and delusional. And for her to keep it up after this long is mind-blowing. I'm going to say what's mind-blowing is the show dropping a comment like this in here when we did not see any of this until no. this episode. No context! And even now, basically none of it. So I'm so mad the at the show. <laughs> I, know. I feel I feel like I've suffered like memory loss. Like It's confusing. It's disorienting. We see Sarah being walked out by Clayton. And as she's walked out, she's like, can we just have a conversation first? What we've built is so strong and my friendships are so strong. And it just like really sucks that this is affecting it. And Clayton's like, Sarah, I just don't believe you. So we can't continue. And he puts her in the car. And inside she says that she is annoyed. If I'm confident in my relationship, how does that become me being manipulative? The fact that they go crying to him about it and he believes them, I don't want to be engaged to someone like that. Fair, fair enough, I guess. I, Honestly. After uh, all of this, I guess? Like, uh, okay? Like, uh, uh, all right. I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I feel like we're being withheld a lot of stuff that might make Sarah look terrible based on how upset the other women are with her. And so I don't know. But based on what we have seen... She did just spend, like, two her last two dates with Clayton being, like, love-bombed and attacked sort of alternately. And after that, I would just be like, fuck this. Like, why the fuck would I want to be engaged to this guy? Like, it's just, like, not a healthy Horrendous. situation. It's just really continuing the grand tradition of women not being at all upset <laughs> to not be with <laughs> yeah, Clayton yeah. when they exit. Like, all right. <laughs> And so Clayton returns to the women, tells them he sent Sarah home, and then tells them that he will not be handing out the rose because that rose means hometowns. He has to be certain and he needs more time. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Serene's date. Can you keep up? I like love it. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, 
I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we're back. And it's time for Serene's one-on-one. She's like, yeah, wow, crazy that Sarah went home the night before. Um, But I am ready to meet in front of another classic Vienna palace-like building and have a chat. They sit down outside and she asks him if he's okay after sending Sarah home. And he says, oh, it's hard. I trusted her. And then I realized it was misplaced. Serene says something about how she's human. So hearing, I guess, comments like Sarah made Those would freak her out. That Sarah <laughs> Those said, things. What things? Dear, what Serene, things? what things? Oh, my God. Tell us the things. Uh, 
but she would always go back to her trust in him. And he's like, I love that. I love how you trust me and how you ask me how I'm doing. It's so nice. Now we can have fun. They take a carriage ride through Vienna. They stop to buy chestnuts and share chestnuts, Lady and the Tramp style, which I'd never seen done before. <laughs> Seems They're challenging. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, it's so hot. I'm like, this is unattractive. What are you doing? And of course, being like in, mouth hot potato. In very yes. classic Bachelor style, they just happen upon some adorable long-term elderly couples dancing in the streets. Yeah, they're waltzing, which is a dance distinctive to Vienna, of course. And so one couple is sort of teaching them and counting the one, two, three for them as Clayton and Serene try to waltz. There are just, it's interesting. I've been to so many foreign cities and so has The Bachelor. And in every city I go to, I never come across older couples doing pairs dancing in the street to some sort of accordion player. But in The Bachelor, they always come across that. And it's like, which, I mean, which Claire, I think you just. I think you so you just don't Claire. have the true romance that the show mm-hmm. is trying to cultivate in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I, you you might want to hire this psychoanalyst to look into that. <laughs> yeah. And put on like a couture red dress as you walk through. Then Vienna. Greg would see you. Just He would literally see you. He would me. literally see you. Be Isn't that what you miss. want? That's the only thing you want, Claire. Come on. <laughs> you don't have that's Then you can learn to waltz. After the red yes. dress, you can learn to waltz. But, the yes. problem is that, like, we would go to couples therapy and Greg would find out that there's something wrong with me and maybe <laughs> he should marry someone else. And so I don't know if we're ever going to go to therapy after this after this episode. With that, it's time for the night date. Serene finally gets to wear red for Clayton, which she was very jealous that Susie was doing earlier this week. Once again, Clayton is in a blazer over a zip-up sweater with exactly his one inch unzipped look. to flaunt yep. his Adam's apple. <laughs> and they're eating at a gallery at Belvedere Palace. They look up at the ceiling of the gallery. It's decorated with frescoes. And she says, can you imagine someone painting that? And he says, it's nuts. They sit down and Serene tells him that she rarely brings guys home. And the last person she brought home was her high school boyfriend. And the way she describes it, they basically dated well into their 20s and eventually realized they'd grown apart. And then it was hard to feel like she had, like, wasted so much of her 20s. And Clayton is like, yeah, the same thing happened with me, which whatever has happened to these women, somehow it's also happened to Clayton. (laughs) Of course. But sure, this also happened to Clayton. And he's like, but, you know, you have to, you learn from it. It wasn't wasted. And now you just have to get back out there and get vulnerable. And Serene says, I'm falling in love with you. Magic words. He's like grinning ear to ear. He's like, wow, (laughs) I can't tell you how happy it makes me to hear that. I didn't expect it. Woo, woo, woo. They make out. She's so excited. She's like, he he was so happy to hear that. Everything's going amazing. He offers her the rose, which means she's going to hometowns. And then they take in some art. So they're apparently at this, this uh, museum, Belvedere Palace, is the home to Klimt's The Kiss, also known as a piece of artwork that 
One of your college friends definitely had a poster on their wall. A poster, a poster or printed on some sort of shower curtain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's no, like one of the most recognizable something. paintings in the world. And here's how Clayton describes it. This is one of the most famous pieces of artwork in all of Austria. It's famous. For Austria. For Austria. It's Austrian famous. Favorite it's, part, though. Because when he's like, can we recreate it? And they don't. Like, they <laughs> don't. They don't recreate oh my God. it. <laughs> because they just kiss. And I wrote down, did he not even notice that the man in the kiss is kissing the woman's cheek? No. Right. He, all and he did like is this. he's like, I know the name of this. And it involves a kiss. One of my favorite things to do. <laughs> he's really looking closely at this art. And he's like, it's I heard best. that it's about a kiss. It's the best. Oh, my God. Like, the fact that they didn't recreate it is so good. Oh, God. I uh, This time okay. We have to move on because it is time for the rose ceremony. The rose ceremony. Oh, my God. Two rose ceremonies. We end on a rose ceremony. Bless up. We did it. Finally. We're caught up. Finally. And the, the only people... So, Serene and Susie have roses. Sarah left already, which leaves Rachel, Teddy, and Gabby. Two roses on the table. One of them will be going home. Rachel came prepared. She is wearing an actual wedding dress, as far as I can tell, with a more <laughs> substantial train than the one I wore on my actual wedding day. It is voluminous. She looks like Cinderella. And Clayton enters and says, the journey does work. I saw a future with every single one of you at one time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's send one of you home. Yep. And he passes the roses out to Rachel and Gabby. Which Were you means surprised? Teddy. Were you no. surprised? I, I wasn't. Wasn't. Surprised. And here's why. We have seen what we are pretty sure are Rachel and Gabby in the final that rose two. ceremony. Yeah. Right. In which, yeah, we see the two women being told that he has slept with all of them. <laughs> And those people, we've seen enough to basically identify as Rachel and Gabby. So, like, they had to stay. Yeah. Yeah. The the way things went with Teddy, though. I did feel like she got <sighs> a little undercut. I don't know. Maybe because you won the first impression, Rose, and that usually tends to lead to just either more airtime or just, like, a more... I don't know. With the men... With the men, it's all over. Yeah, it's all over the place. Like, Matt's first impression, Rose, was Abigail, and then we, like, never saw her speak again until Paradise, so... Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. When they walk out, Teddy is just kind of baffled. They just finally had their first one-on-one. It seemed to go really well. She says, it's hard to hear that he did see a future with me, and it's not going to be me. And then he hugs her at the car and says, it was nice to get to know you. Yeah. Oh, my God. It. This <laughs> is literally, this is what you say at the end of, a mediocre first date where you both know you're not going to text each other. (laughs) Yeah. It just feels like so almost cruel. Like this is a point in the season when you would expect to see some emotional goodbyes. Right. And instead he's letting these women go. You know, we just couldn't get there. It's been so meaningful to spend time with you. Like anything that shows any depth. These are women who he tapped, you know, like, you're you're a front runner. You're someone I'm really interested in. And then he didn't really invest in their relationships. And he would just keep saying, like, oh, well, like, just keep being yourself. Like, trust me. I'm 
I'm still thinking about you. Like, I'm still interested in you. And he keeps, like, stringing them along with that and then lets them go with not so much as a, like, I'm really sorry we couldn't get there. Like, you're so wonderful. He's just like, it was nice to meet you. Like Insanity. This was your first impression, Rose girl, buddy. She took all the skin off her knee for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad. In the car, poor Teddy gets kind of emotional talking about how hard it is to fall in love, basically, create that bond. She says, I do feel worthy of love, but I'm coming up short and I don't understand. I do want to be someone's first choice and I deserve that. You do deserve that, Teddy. And I really suspect that you're going to get something better than what Clayton was able to offer to you. I feel extremely confident in that. She will be good. She will be what makes me mad about this is that I'm like, Clayton is denying her bachelor at edit material. Like, he's not giving these women the dramatic send-off that a future lead gets. That is probably why they were like, we need him to do something really traumatizing in order <laughs> to, to, yeah, to make He's up like, okay, it. tell them all you're in love with them and then fuck all of them and then tell them that in a public group setting. We'll try that. Yeah. Maybe yep. that will yeah. evoke some emotion. Oh, next week, things are going to start to get dark. Hometowns, protective dads, who's going to pick up the pieces of these young ladies' broken hearts when Clayton smashes them all into pieces. He keeps just, like, casually telling women he's in love with them, not having a care in the world. And, and then, then we see oh my his... God. Oh, my God. We, this is the first time I think we see this. In, our, in the promo, they keep a- adding little bits to the promo they show us of the big smash-up at the end. And this time we actually see him telling his dad, I think they all want to leave. And his dad is like, yeah, I don't yeah. blame him. You really screwed the pooch. <laughs> his dad's like, seems fair. Right. His dad's like, you know, I'm on the girl's side with this. Like, I gotta be honest, dude. Like, you're wearing zip-ups with blazers. Like, what do you expect? You really screwed He's like, I didn't teach you to style a nice <laughs> sports jacket like that. I don't know where you got that. And given I can't we, support it. Given we what we know about Clayton being very eloquent and very good with words and explaining things in specifics, I am so looking forward to him answering from that dad being like, what are you going to do to not hurt her? That's a great <laughs> question. That's a, it's an infinite, you have infinite answers, like infinite answers, like, I'm so excited to see him say something other than, well, I won't. Well, you know what he's going to say is like, oh, well, it's it's obviously it's a really hard process and I've been through it and I know that. But like, she's so wonderful girl and I really see something with her. <laughs> yeah, I think you nailed it, Claire. <laughs> I think do, that's it. Maybe Do I'm- you like have a preview of next week's yeah. episode? <laughs> Wow. I just really, I just like saw into Clayton's soul during those psychotherapy sessions. And like, I feel like, oh my God, all his secrets are revealed to me. Well, Darren, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, wild ride. It was really nice meeting you and getting to spend the time, guys, (laughs) after all of this. It's been great. It's been great. I know I didn't cry for you here, so I don't know if I'll ever be asked back, but (laughs) maybe. Maybe I but you know what? Thanks for making this process so fun. You know? <laughs> ah. 
And now it's time for love to see it, hate to see it. Let's start with love to see it. Yeah, I I know I'm scraping the barrel here, but I really wanted to find some things to like about this episode. And so here is what I have. Vienna is beautiful. I enjoyed that, spending some time there. I hope to go to Vienna with someone I care about at some <laughs> point in the future. It's like, I'm so sick of going to Vienna without with people that I just don't care about at all. Just like a bunch of times, honestly, but soon with someone I care about. We also love to see like the credit sequence. That was cute. We get some little weird Susie dancing moments, like cute, cute stuff. Sure. Liked it. Yeah. Clayton and and Lederhosen as they both attempt some Russian balletic moves, as far as I can tell. Uh, We also love to see Clayton actually noticing something for once, which is... Loved to see that. (laughs) That Sarah is pretending to cry. Wish he'd picked up on that when Shanae was around, but he's locking in. He's lasering his eye beams right at Sarah's face, and he finally notices something that is happening. Do love that. We also love to see Eliza and Teddy just getting out of Dodge before this thing all goes sideways. Could not be happier for them. They deserve the world. And now it's time for Hate to See It. First, we hate to see a house villain and entire feud which appeared without any buildup or context. As we talked about, the lack of footage of any of the interactions that made all the women ultimately turn on Sarah is just extremely sloppy. Do better, editors, producers. Come on. Yeah. The continuation of the, like, Cougar versus Young Ingenue conflict that was really a really over the top in the last episode and we do get more of it this episode and it ultimately presents both Mara and Sarah in a very unflattering light and continues to place so much like harmful emphasis on age and also (laughs) ultimately on the importance of quiet confidence for women um, as like the pinnacle of female behavior uh like this whole conflict just brought out a lot of toxic concepts for me i totally agree we also hated to see clayton giving serene twinkle lights in a jar as a response to her very painful and personal story about her cousin's death like the pressure on her to praise him for presenting a craft project about her trauma felt honestly grotesque and just speaks to the way that this show really commodifies trauma. Yeah, I, that's very well put. Uh, hate to see the fairy tale slash pretty woman date, which really seems more grating and sexist to me every year. Like, and I think in particular, as we discussed the way that it's discussed in this episode as like a reward for a woman who's really grateful and humble um, that she is rewarded by being showered with gifts by a man uh, that really, I think crystallized what is so sexist and off-putting about this trope. And last, but certainly not fucking least, we absolutely hated 
therapy being used as a weapon against the women and as a way for Clayton to kind of kick the tires on all of his different wife options and a vector for sowing more conflict among them. This is completely unethical. This is not what therapy is for. This is not, in fact, a safe therapeutic setting. And the whole thing just felt extremely damaging to to show to a wide audience and to frame therapy as some sort of evaluative tool for a man to weigh his options. Yeah. And now it's time for the tailgate energy rating out of 10 Bud Lights. And this is, for me, a low week. Uh, for sure. Not, not a, a lot. Maybe a 1.5 yeah, or 2. I think a 1.5 or 2 sounds good. I mean, we did get a couple of Clayton's classic pump-up speeches. His, you're killing it, Susie. That at <laughs> least bumps it up to a 1.5. Every time Clayton tries to compliment a woman and he has to reach for something you might say on the sidelines of a football game, that's a 0.5 tailgate energy points. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Darren Karp. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, help us spread the word about our show, especially to any of your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clarinemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and Instagram at Claren Emma pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at clarenemma.substack.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emily D. Rose. We'll be back next week for Hometown. Can you keep up? I like love it. Stitcher. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. One. Two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.